On today's episode of Locked on Avalanche, something that Avalanche fans probably talk about secretly, and that's Gabe Landeskog coming back for the playoffs, was echoed by the GM. Was that a smart thing for Chris McFarlane to do? We will talk about that and other things. A new episode of Locked on Avalanche that's going to last longer than Aaron Rodgers' debut with the New York Jets right around the corner. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And definitely subscribe to our subtext before the season goes live. Lots of fun things going on over there. Uh, Link to that in the show notes below. Sign up, chat with Kyle and I. One-on-one. All right, sir. Our uh, rundown over on YouTube, if you're watching, we're going to get to the Avs uh, national schedule. Uh, it was like 15 games, I think they have, that are, which is second most in the league. Um, Sean Allard is no longer with the team. And if that name sounds familiar, it, you probably heard it last year because uh, the Avs had a lot of injuries and he is their skills guy. And he's the guy that's responsible for getting them back into game shape and all that other f- fun stuff that happens behind the scenes. No longer with the team. Does that really mean a lot? Or is it you know, new guy coming in can kind of just take the reins and run with it? We'll talk about that. Where we're going to start today, <clears throat> Mr. Von Doom, uh, Pierre Lebrun on The Athletic interviewed Chris McFarland and talked about pretty much everything you would think anybody would talk to an Avs GM uh, about everything that happened in the offseason with them. Um Talked about the moves that they made, like, you know, the the 2C role, uh, no longer having JT Comfer, the Val Nechuskin thing. All of that was kind of stuff that we've talked about and, you know, nothing really new there. But he did ask him about Gabe Landeskog and kind of threw out, is there a possibility that he could return for the playoffs? And here's McFarland's quote, we're hoping. There's still so much that needs to be gleaned in this, so it's hard to put a timeline on it. That is just throwing meat out to the wolves, my friend. Um, And now that the GM, someone associated with the team uh, and the GM to boot has thrown that out there, um, that is going to be on the minds of Avalanche fans for the duration of this season. And I'm just wondering if it should have even been said. What do you think? Honestly, I, I like that everybody and everydayers know I'm of the camp that we are never seeing Landis Gock again. You are. I am not, but you are. You are you are not. You're optimistic, mm-hmm. and I think that's adorable. Mm, thank you. But you're welcome. It's <laughs> but when it comes to like these little these little nuggets and these little these little treats that like front office will throw out every now and then. Like and now this is coming from McFarland himself. I, I just keep looking back to last year. You remember, like, there was a Days Without Landis God counter 
on Twitter, X, and <laughs> yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And then yeah. there was a point where I was like, this isn't even worth it anymore because he's not. It went from where is Landis Gog to, okay, this is going to be longer, 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 and then going back under the knife. And now mm. missing all of next year. And now why in the world? Okay, let's play devil's advocate. The Avalanche are in the playoffs. Why would Landis Gog need to come back for the playoffs after missing two years? What? I get it. Everybody stop typing. I, I hear your comments right now. Mm-hmm. But I understand it's Gabe Landeskog what he brings to the locker room. But why would you put him in that situation after what we just witnessed on Monday Night Football with Aaron Rodgers? Like, <laughs> let's let's not let's not do this. And then you get 30 seconds of Gabe Landeskog and never again. I, I, for him to say, you know, we're not putting a timeline on it. Yeah, I, I believe you're not doing that. But you're kind of in, in the eyes of the fan, you've put a timeline on it yeah. by, by saying like, well, we're hoping I, I know he's not coming out and saying like, yeah, it's looking good for him to say anything to, uh, about that. Just plants that seed into the, the, the mind of the fan. And if it doesn't happen, there is going to be some people who are like, well, Chris McFarland said, no, he didn't. But it, it's just going to be taken out of context. Um, so, a couple of things. What, like, if you if you feel that now, I kind of feel like it's way too early to really say, you know, we're hoping. If you want to say that in like February or maybe March, to say like, hey, you know, we've really monitored it over the last six months. There's a possibility that he's back for the playoffs. I can't say for sure. You have a better idea in February or March, if he's going to be back for the playoffs. Say it then. When you say it now, now we just have so much time to dissect that and really just, you know, have you're, you're holding out hope now that it's going to happen. I, I don't want it to. And this is the other point I wanted to get to was the reason why I don't is because even if you do, you're bringing him back for what? Like uh, a couple months for a playoff run, depending on how long that playoff run goes for. And then he doesn't play again for the offseason for another three or four months. Just let him sit out. He gets those extra three or four months uh, of the offseason. He doesn't just put strain or stress on that knee for the, the however long they go into the playoffs. And then he's right back to not playing again. Now, instead of, of have, doing that, you just keep him out. He's got extra time. Just you know, rehabbing it, getting it ready, and he comes back even stronger the beginning of next year. Just say that's the plan now. Just say it is, so so we we can just put it to bed for the season, and we know he'll have a few extra months of off season to get even stronger and hopefully come back and play a few more years, which is what I'm hoping. And and the thing that gets me was he says we hope to have him back for the playoffs right after he says. Oh, his rehab is going really well. Yeah. Like, like what? <clears throat> don't now, like you're playing with hopefully back for the playoffs, but now you're also going to give those camps of optimism just a little bit more like, oh, if it's going really well, then maybe it's before the playoffs. Maybe we get it <laughs> garbage time. And then, yeah. but see, with me and like my thinking on this whole situation, we heard his rehab was going very well last season. Mm-hmm. And it's not much longer, maybe another one or two more weeks, maybe all-star break. Everything's going well. It kept going well until 
there was no more season to be well for. And I, I just, how much longer are we going to play this game? Just let the man heal. You yeah. know what, Mc, Chris McFarlane, I am hoping Gabe Landeskog wakes up tomorrow, looks down, and he can, has full use of everything, and he is 100% hockey ready. That's what I'm hoping for. But when it comes to having a season he's already missed to this injury, I, yes, we would love to have him for next season, but we got to be realistic here. Like, Chris, you brought it up in the previous episode. This is a hard surgery to come back from, and this is mm. this is time number two working on it. So... Yeah, I don't. That's and, just and no, a lot of optimism. And knowing, you know, like I think you mentioned it earlier, was we we had a timeline when this whole thing started of twelve weeks, and twelve weeks has now turned into what will be two years. So, and he and he made it a point to say like we're not putting a timeline on it. But like I said, like when when, when you say we're not putting a timeline on it, and then say, well, maybe <laughs> we're hoping maybe he's back for that. That would that'd be nice. If he's back for the playoffs. You have put a timeline on in some roundabout way. He he didn't come out and say, like, our timeline is now the play, like they did for the 12-week thing. But you know, we we've we saw how the 12-week thing went. So why even put a date of any sort on it at all? Just I didn't think it was it was necessary because it's like I said, like I understand what he was trying to say, and it was probably you know in the moment, and he's not really probably choosing his words. Um and expecting like you know us to be dissecting them like we are, but um, it's just it's just going to happen when you when you throw those phrases out into in into the atmosphere, um, people are going to take them and, and run with them, and you can almost guarantee. And you saw it on social media; it was just oh possibility. And where I'm thinking, like, sure, yes, there is a possibility. I will grant you that, but I still don't want them to do it. Yeah, especially so. when we were fed that line all year last year. And yeah. there was no Gabe Landis Gug on the ice. Right. So now that that's out there, we'll be uh, watching that all year long. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. All right. Uh, Sean Allard will, will no longer be with uh, the franchise. Uh, for one reason or another, he has left. We'll talk about what that means coming up next. But first, we're going to talk about FanDuel and uh, the greatest sports book out there. Football season is here. Uh, if you haven't. If you hadn't known that, I don't know uh, where you've been. I mean, it, exciting first week. And what I mean, we, we were watching the uh, the Jets game. We mentioned the Aaron Rodgers thing. How about that, man? Oh. How about that? Unbelievable. Uh, it was just a wacky week one. That's crazy. Sure. Crazy. But it is here. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. Can't imagine many people are picking the Jets right now. Uh, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-under, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel.com slash on. All right. Uh, yeah. Sean Allard, who uh, was the avalanche skills coach and kind of like a conditioning guy, I guess like a strength and conditioning guy, but more like, like a skills coach. Um, you heard his name a lot last year because the ads were always injured. And he is that guy who was responsible to get them back into like game shape, um, kind of just rehab them among other things is his job. But 
Um, he's no longer with the team. He was with them for five years. And a very, very uh, interesting article on him, which was written when he first came on with the team. Um, yeah, five years ago. Um, it was written, It was I think it was in The Athletic. This is before Peter Ball was even there. Um, kind of giving his history uh, just with hockey and with, with with coming to the Avalanche. Eric Johnson was responsible for him coming to the Avs. He worked with him in an offseason, um, and and Coach Bednar went to Eric Johnson specifically and said, like, we're looking to bring in a skills coach. You know anybody? And he was like, I just happened to be training with one that, like, I'm obsessed with. Uh, and they brought him in, and th- he, he's just an extension of the coaching staff. And so much was – Oh, I think you froze. I you have me captivated on this Sean Alark. Okay, here we go. Sorry that that messed up. But uh, Eric Johnson went to him and said, "I have the perfect guy for you," and they brought him in, and he's been with the team for the last five years. And guys really took to him. And um, the one thing that you hear about him is his, his Sean Allard's his skating is probably the best in the league and he doesn't even play. So he it, like his, his knowledge of the game is kind of unmatched. Right. Um, I don't know why he's not with them anymore. Nobody really got into the specifics as to why, uh, but they've already had his replacement and I should have brought his name out. I apologize for not doing that. But um, a, a lot of people are saying like the person that's replacing him is kind of can just step right in and kind of like, kind of like a offspring of him. Yeah. Um, but I was so fascinated with it, not only his history, but this is the stuff that you don't see. Yeah. And and when when you have coaching staffs, right, and you have all of these offshoots of like Jared Bednar is the figurehead of the coaching staff. But when you have guys like Sean Allard that that do the work that they do, that pretty much goes like unnoticed. It's like the like when, at the end of the movie when all those credits roll, like all those people play an integral part in making that movie, and Allard is this, is in that realm. So normally you wouldn't be talking about this. Oh, it's a skills guy, but with all of the injuries that the Avalanche have have had over the past number of seasons, he's he's so much responsible for getting them back there. And the the uh, what was the the avalanche uh, web series that they do peak access peak access. I think it's episode three of this season. He's in that episode a lot because a lot of that episode was about Josh Manson who was injured. We all know how much last year and Allard is in that episode a lot. And you get a little bit of a glimpse into what he does, how he does it and how important he is to that team and what goes on behind the scenes. So I kind of think this is a big deal. I'm not saying, you know, who's coming in to replace him can't do the job, but he was looked at as the best at his position in that skills coach. And he's no longer there and he's from Ottawa. So I, he's from Ottawa and Eric Johnson, the one that brought him in is no longer with the team. So I'm really interested to see if he goes back to one of those two teams. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just about to say uh, with this and we'll back it up just a little bit like the strength and conditioning when all the injuries were going on last year, that was one of my favorite narratives to see 
that maybe we should examine our strength and conditioning program because I think this is the problem. Yeah. No, that's the opposite <laughs> of what strength and conditioning does. I think everybody thought strength and conditioning, our coach was like Tanya Harding out there taking everybody <laughs> out, but it's yeah. the opposite. It's bringing them back. They're not, and his role and what he implemented, you can see it. Oh, absolutely. You can, you can see the change. You can see the, the change in nature and, I I also following your train of thought there. I wonder if he shows up in Buffalo. Be interesting to see. Like he he runs his own um like skating school basically that are nationwide. So I wonder if he's just going to put more time into that um or catch on with another team because uh yeah he in just like kind of like reading about him and how he he kind of what are what the things that are important to him um on the ice i kind of feel like this whole speed game that the avalanche mm. play yeah is as much his idea as it is jared bednar's yeah. and i feel like they worked together to to create like this style of play that's solely based on speed you need speed 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 yeah you got to have other aspects of it but if you can't keep up with this team you're not going to be with this team um and i think that he has a lot to do with that there, there, he has some like really quick like minute minute half videos that are on the, like their youtube page it is all built around speed and all built around like this this 10 foot uh, param- uh perimeter thing that he created and it's just like you can do so much within these 10 feet it, it's just fascinating watching this guy coach and watching this guy tick um i I, I just hope the guys that are with the Avalanche now stay with them for a very long time because what they've learned from him, I don't want to get out and go to other teams. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. So, And it's uh, yeah. one of those, I, you'd like to see what this team looks like foundationally because we're about to go into rookie camps, we're about to go into preseason, and that philosophy has just left town. <laughs> so you're curious on what the new faces and the new – positions what everybody's going to look like with that being absent is it noticeable was it enough to retain with the current members of the avalanche to say no this is how we learn things this is how we build the team we're going to continue this or if they're going to adopt a whole new philosophy altogether and that could be very interesting well when you got the head coach there who's kind of bought into it obviously already he's, he's the one teaching it um but a large just just hangs with the guys like like that are that are injured that don't go on those road trips, they stay back and they skate with him and they practice with him. And it's it, in in that one article, um, there were times if Jared Bednar was was doing something else, like if he had to do a press conference or something like that, or he had a meeting to go to, or whatever, Alard would run the practices. So that's how much trust they put in this guy. Uh, he's just an extension of of the coaching staff and and the head coach. So. I think he, you know, he, he he's a big deal, and it's just one of those things, like I said, but one of those behind the scene characters uh, that are that are were really really important to the team. Does this mean like the Avalanche are not going to make the playoffs now? No, I'm not going down that yes. road. The Avalanche <laughs> window is closed. You no, heard it here first. It's not that. It's just you know, the, you know how we we're talking about Gabe Landeskog and him being hurt and not being around the team, and because he's the captain and how that has an impact. It's like that. It's exactly like that. So, um, all right. One more bit of business we got to get to, and that is this uh, avalanche 
national schedule. So we're going to talk about that. All right. So the last bit of info we want to get to today is that national schedule that the Avalanche are going to be on quite a bit this year. 17 times we counted uh, that they are going to be on either TNT or ESPN. So we figured why not go through them, not one at a time, but we'll we'll kind of uh, look at some at a, at a glance and if there any that stand out to us um, that as we always talk about growing the game and what are some of these are any of these games here that can reach those like average fans and be like, Hey, I'm not really doing anything tonight. Oh, look at that. The avalanche and uh, Vegas golden Knights are playing the last two Stanley cup championships. Maybe I'll tune into that, uh, which they are playing one another. That one is January 10th. That's on TNT. Um, I say that and uh, the East coast will be like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Cause that doesn't start till 10 o'clock at night, which we know doesn't start till 10 20 at night. But so, Ignore everything I just said about that game. Um, but other than that, man, like I like this schedule that the Avalanche have, this national schedule. Yeah, I do too. Um, honestly, starting the season out on national TV against the Kings, yes. that's that's big. And it reminds everybody, hey, Colorado exists for hmm. just a couple days later when they play Seattle on ESPN, the rematch. The yeah. The last time these two teams played, Colorado went home. So that's a good narrative to pick back up on and really get the juices flowing for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's it that's it's a big boon to be playing, you know, the opening day um on national television, TNT. Kings were a good team. They're gonna want to get out of the gate quick, obviously. It, it it's in Los Angeles, so right off the bat, that's a that's a test. That's a test. And, and you're not your best on, on day one. So um, we'll see how that goes. But kind of just running down through these games, we broke them up by uh, network. So on TNT, uh, they're playing the Kings. They're playing the Blues, uh, the Devils. That'll be a fun game. Um, the Minnesota Wild, always a fun game. Buffalo Sabres. That, that, that could be a really, really fun. The Sabres are one of those teams – on the rise yeah and you know there, there's a bunch of people who feel like they could claim a playoff spot this year uh and if if they don't for some reason this will be the last year in several years that they make the playoffs people are excited about them i think that's going to be a, a game people are going to want to watch and again this is a national television broadcast so the ej narrative will be brought up Definitely. and Every splash graphic you're going to see for the weeks leading up to it is Nathan McKinnon and Tage Thompson, or Owen Power and Kale McCarr. Exactly. Like, yeah, you you have you have some really good matchups there. So that that's that's going to be kind of like I want to say the old guard in the Avalanche, but like you know the the team that that's been producing and and winning against the team that's now expected to start doing that. So yeah, um, yeah, that could be a good one. And there's the Vegas game, uh, Detroit. There's always a national television game between Detroit and the Avalanche. Uh, Pittsburgh, <clears throat> that seems to be one as well. Just the connection between Nathan McKinnon and, and Sidney Crosby is a selling point right there. And going back to that Detroit game that is on TNT, the superior yeah. of the two. And Agreed. they are going to do a really good job covering that rivalry. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the first time They've handled the rivalry on TNT. So you can really mm -hmm. talk about the and give it national, like 
for you're talking about growing the game bring back those fans that remember those days like oh yeah that used to be a fun matchup when i used to watch this on tv like we've been through it time or time and time and time yeah. again so bring in a national audience could be definitely um <clears throat> and then there's another one against the golden knights so two of them on tnt over on espn you got a rematch this is october and uh against the kraken People are going to be watching that one, I think, for sure. <clears throat> uh, Blackhawks, that is Connor Bedard's first game in Colorado. So right there is a selling point, clearly. Uh, another Devils game. I think that's just going to be fun games. <clears throat> um, I didn't make the schedule. No. <laughs> uh, Dallas, you know, division game, top two teams in division, most likely. Shane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another Blackhawks game, another Dallas game, another Minnesota game. And then the last game of the season is between Edmonton and Colorado, and that's going to be on, on ESPN too. That could hold a lot of weight for that game right there. And it would just make me happy. It's on ESPN too. Just do the black and purple graphics, the old 90s ESPN 2 <laughs> Hockey night, just that'd be the perfect way to cap off the season, but I will never get that. I mean, you never know with that game. No, it could it could mean nothing. Like see the, the seating could be set, and then you're not gonna get the you know the, the rock'em sock'em game that you're hoping for, or it could hold a ton of weight. Yeah. And 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 that win could mean seating for one of the other team one of those two teams, or however it may play out. Um, that obviously remains to be seen. But I <laughs> We were uh, mistakenly, uh, before we hit record, looking at last year's uh, live uh, schedule, and and there was some on there that we were like, "Why did they play that? Like, I don't that that, that game doesn't make sense." That game, but for this year, I like all these games. But I don't really feel like there's any that people are just going to say like, "Oh, that that you know, that's the one of the games last year, Philadelphia, Colorado." Does anybody care about Philadelphia versus Colorado? No, uh, like not even Philadelphia. No, you, you don't. You 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 were joking. You were like, oh, the people that you know had the Peter Forsberg angle. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But all of these games are are really meaningful, fun. Um. Just going to be really tight, exciting games. I don't see any that people are just going to be like, yeah, that that's a boring game. Why did they put those together on national television? And if I'm There's not a listening- story here for all of them. And I believe that because the only, I guess, quote unquote, weak matchup to, like ne- to a national audience would be that Los Angeles Kings game. But that's on the second half of a back to back, like double header, open up the season kind of thing. Right. So it's going to be just an added bonus for a lot of people that get like hyped up on the first matchup. And oh, yeah, let's watch the Avalanche because I know they're fun. And then you kind of get into that but the rest of the matchups are just premium and right. the networks that carry them will do a great job yeah i mean when you're going up against the the defending champions twice that's just it's going to sell just right there because that's the defending champions people are going to tune in for that and then we can add that well the last two defending champions are going at it both are still good teams it's a no-brainer and you play last year's champions twice and you play mm-hmm. the devils twice which is i mean a lot of talking heads are saying this could be an eventual Stanley Cup matchup, either this upcoming season or the season after. So it's a good measuring stick on where these two organizations are. I think, it, like, 
you always look at yeah the division games are division games. Those are going to be fun. Those are going to be beatdowns, right? That that always. So what what are the games outside of the division? And I would say even outside of the conference. So go go to the East, and and they're good. Obviously, like I said, the Devils, you know, Buffalo, uh, Pittsburgh, Detroit. Those are all great matchups for the Avalanche, uh, and they're not even in the conference. So when you have those cross-conference games that are still meaningful and they hold a lot of weight and they have some history there, obviously with Detroit, that's always going to be a selling point, even though it's not the rivalry that it once was. You can still sell that. Uh, you got the the Pittsburgh angle with you know Nathan McKinnon and, and uh, Sidney Crosby, just Buffalo being improved, uh, the New Jersey Devils being much improved, and it – it's all good here. Yeah. I am impressed. I'm excited. Let's get this thing going, man. You know what? Done. I'm... Fast forward. Let's do it. <laughs> Wait, I, I think I cut you off. With the excitement, I cut you off. You were going to say something. I don't know if you're, you were going to throw no, something in there. No, it, it's it, you don't have to, as an Avalanche fan, like bring in the national audience and defend them against, like, a, it's a Winnipeg game. Like, oh, yeah, the Avs are on TV, but it's a, it's a Winnipeg game or a division game. Yeah. Like, like a lot of these cross division games are really good for the sport. And like you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, like ways to grow the game, each one of these matchups nationally televised, the avalanche, depending on how they handle the season are in a good spot to do that. Definitely. So any, uh, that you folks out there are looking forward to in particular, I feel like Seattle's going to be thrown out there a lot. So, All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Uh, Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow, actually, with a crossover. We should have another crossover in the book. I don't know if it's going to be released tomorrow, but we'll we'll get it out sometime this week. Don't worry about that. Uh, But, yeah, that's going to be it for today. So for Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. And we'll see you guys later. Go, Abs, go!